Doug Skeen, voice of Michigan football. No, you got it's not Doug Skeen. You got Doug Karsh now. Skeen's coming up. Get your Doug straight, Superfly. He can't get his Doug straight. Get, get, get your ducks in a row right now, Superfly, on this show. You get your ducks in a row or you're going home. How you doing, Doug Karsh, voice of Michigan football? Dude, I, this isn't the first time that happened. I, I got to tell you a funny story. You know your boy, Ballas? Yes. Okay, so he's a mess. We all agree, right? Yes. Uh, he A couple years ago, the Wolverine put out their football preview magazine, okay? And before the season... You know, Chris Ballas, his prediction, John Borton, his prediction. They worked their way down, and it gets to Doug Skeen's prediction. Except it says Doug Karsh, all right? And that year, Skeen, it was after the, the COVID year. I think Skeen picked Michigan to a 5-7 and seven or 6-6. Six and six, Except they put Doug Karsh instead of Doug Skeen. So his fans started killing me, and I'm like, what did I do? And I found out later it was because they misprinted, in print, in the magazine, they put Skeen instead of or Karsh instead of Skeen. So uh, it's happened before. I took a lot of heat for Skeen that year. Yeah, I bet Skeen called and thank you. Yeah, we got stories. We got to get you up, Doug. We'll figure it out when we do our Tullymore golf spring and fall football summits. We'll work around and maybe get you up for a Sunday afternoon. I know you got your gig down there and family commitments in Detroit, but you need to come up with us. We have a, we have a great time with Superfly and Ballas. There's there's already been some stories from we've done about six of them that it's borderline hangover six, seven, uh, eight uh, things that happen. You're like, how'd that happen? What, where are we? What are we doing here? Uh, and we're all friends. Yeah. Uh, I can imagine. Yeah. Ballas refused to eat any food I would buy for him. Nothing. He, he's, I go, is he fasting skein? Is he fasting? <laughs> He's boycotting. Ballas has a lie. My, my, he always says my diet starts Monday. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Douglas, let's move on to that game Monday night and look back at Alabama this past Monday. Well, what, what's the one thing, obviously the victory, but beyond that, what, what's the one thing that will – be with you the rest of your life, not on air. I'm talking off air that you witnessed Monday at the Rose Bowl. Oh, what a great question. Uh, so off air, it, the scene is incredible. I mean, I, people are probably sick of hearing about it. I said on the air, I think the Rose Bowl is to football what Augusta National is to golf. Amen. And I, I would have no issue with them playing every national championship game there. And people that haven't been there, you know, you're probably sick of hearing about it, but it's worth the trip. Um, and now that US, uh, UCLA is a conference foe, uh, I would recommend getting out there for it. But the setting is fantastic. The, the tailgating's fantastic. Michigan and Alabama fans got along really well in, in the interaction that I saw, which was really cool. Um, after the game, I had family there. I got two kids that are students there and friend, relatives that are out there that are big Michigan fans. And we tailgated until the cops swept the golf course and told us it was time to go. Uh, we had a TV set up, satellite dish. It was great. And, um, but, you know, it was an incredible scene. And the people that were there can all probably attest to it. It was wonderful. You know, the thing I remember being at the Rose Bowl for the 97 co-champion, co-national championship win over Ryan Leaf at Washington State is that that was a great team. And I was, I was doing sports radio at the time down in 
Austin, Texas. I took my brother, surprised him for Christmas, and we uh, met up in, in Burbank Airport, and it was just unbelievable. You know, got arrested and all that stuff the night before, but really it's <laughs> Long story. Can't really go into it. We got to the game. Uh, my brother then almost got thrown out of the Rose Bowl because they weren't serving beer at the time because I think it was a Sunday, if I remember, and something about Pasadena ordinance. And, uh, yeah, so anyway, those stories will live on with me and my brother like every time we see each other. But that was a great team, okay? That And, and, and this is a team you can tell that they love each other, play for each other. And I remember Skeen. Uh, at both of our football summits in the last year saying that to be a champion, you have to have a locker room that will do anything for any player on that team. So a couple stories I like to tell, and I've been around, you know, a sideline reporter for 16 years prior to the last two years being upstairs. And the, you know, you see teams that you can tell are closer than others. The one thing that stood out about this team is is that closeness and they have a saying keep the main thing the main thing right don't get caught up in all the rest of the stuff we're here to win football games and keep the main thing the main thing and a couple of examples of it uh, donovan edwards midway through the season was meeting with the media and somebody said hey you're not having a great year and donovan said whoa 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 what do you mean i'm not having a great year and he said well your statistics are down and donovan said we are undefeated and my brothers, when they get in the end zone, it feels like I got in the end zone. I'm having a fine year. And we'll get it all sorted out, but don't say I'm not having a great year. We're undefeated. And after the Penn State game, J.J. has always been a whatever-it-takes-to-win kind of guy. But remember, they ran the ball 32 straight times, and Jason Avant went in the locker room, and Jason said, I'm a wide receiver. And Cornelius Johnson, you're a wide receiver. How did it, you know, how was that, you know, not – getting any passes thrown 32 straight Cornelius said my day will come it's 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 not about we want we did what we had to do to win the football game so they've done a really good job at getting buy-in and it's kind of a trickle-down effect I think from Aiden Hutchinson's class where they keep the main thing the main thing and they don't let anything else distract them and it's it's worked to their benefit Doug Karsh uh, doing a great job as voice of Michigan football with Jansen in the studio. You can tell these dudes actually work at the same station, the ticket in Detroit, but uh, good friends. Uh, the connection comes through the radio, joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. So away from the Michigan defense, which was fantastic, and the fact that the Michigan offense had like 41 yards until that uh, final drive and regulation, they found a way to win. I said that their defense would be the difference going into that game, and they have an SEC-like defense with speed to the ball at all 11 positions. Now you get a Washington team, which I think has been all year long the best offense. Michael Penix Jr., the Indiana transfer, has been the best quarterback, if not player, all season long. How does Michigan match up against Washington Monday night in Houston? Great question, and uh, you could scare yourself watching Penix film. I'll tell you that. Amen. Last time he faced Michigan, he was in Indiana for four years, but he only played Michigan once, and he threw for something like 320 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, in an Indiana win. So he's beaten Michigan before at Indiana. So he's got a lot more talent around him now in Washington, and I watch Washington play and you know, watched a couple of games this week and just thought, wow, I, I don't know how you stop these guys. And then I remembered 
they didn't necessarily stop C.J. Stroud and Garrett Wilson and Jackson Smith and Jigba and Emeka Abuka. They didn't really stop Marvin Harrison, but you still found a way to win the game. And so that's what it comes down to is, is again, the main thing, the main thing. Maybe you don't stop Michael Penix. Maybe he throws for a ton of yards. Maybe uh, Roma Dunze and Jalen Polk and Jalen McMillan go crazy. But just find a way to win the game. And, you know, I, I think a couple things to look for for Michigan. We thought that the center of the Michigan D-line could give Alabama's interior O-line problems, and they did. The one thing I see for this game, I expect a big game from Colston Loveland and A.J. Barner. I think tight ends can do some work against this defense. And I think Blake Corum. Blake Corum, the first nine games of the regular season, carried the ball 14 times a game. And against Ohio, Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State, he was up close to 26 times a game. And I think we get 26 carries Blake Corum in this game. I think that's the formula for Michigan to get the job done offensively. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they can't get into a 49-45 shootout. Not saying they couldn't win it, but you're really uh, playing right into Washington. I liked what Washington State did at the end where they wanted to keep a low scoring. Washington did find a way uh, to win because of Penix and a great play call. And, you know, it's going to be an epic big game. I'm glad Texas isn't there or another SEC school uh, with the championship game down in Houston. And then there's the question that's out there. Uh, will J.J. and or Harbaugh both be gone or both be back? Well, Harbaugh is impossible to read. Um, I talk to him every week, and he loves being the Michigan coach, but he's difficult to read. Uh, and in J.J.'s case, he will probably be the primary target in the Those Who Stay NIL campaign which helped keep around Blake Corum and Zach Zinner and uh, uh, Trevor Keegan and Cornelius Johnson, uh, Mike Barrett. So I think that, you know, they'll, they'll focus on J.J., and that doesn't mean they'll have success. But J.J.'s wired a little differently, too. From day one, he's always been a team guy. Um, you know, he didn't the behind the scenes, I think there was a little bit of tension with Cade McNamara, but he always said the right thing and made sure it didn't serve as a distraction in any way. And, you know, still to this day, he – seems to be wired a little bit differently. So I wouldn't rule out him coming back. But um, Harbaugh's a very difficult read. Uh, if you're telling me he's staying, it wouldn't surprise me. If you're telling me he's going, it wouldn't surprise me. And is Sharon Moore the next head coach based on the unexpected live audition he got for three games? I thought he did very well. He did do very well. And, you know, he's a, considered a great recruiter and one of their best recruiters. Uh, very likable guy and seems to have, uh, you know, taken a lot of what he's learned under Jim Harbaugh and applied it. I'm sure if, if Coach Harbaugh leaves and Sharon Moore stays, I suspect that Jim Harbaugh doesn't want to leave Michigan in the lurch. And so, you know, there's a good chance that, that Sharon Moore will get to keep a, a number of the uh, coaches on this staff. And it's a really good staff. I mean, it is a really, really good staff. But I've been very impressed with Sharon Moore. And the thing is, he was doing triple duty in those games. He was head coach, he was O-line coach, and he was offensive coordinator. And there's only, I think, one other uh, coach in, in college football that serves as offensive coordinator and O-line coach. Um, and Sharon's juggled those duties uh, quite nicely. I suspect if he gets that coaching job, he'll probably stay on as offensive coordinator and be the play caller and get somebody else to be the O-line coach. But uh, how can you not be impressed with what he did under difficult circumstances? And I, I mean, I, Luke Fickle, right? Luke Fickle, a coveted commodity in college football. 
he served as an interim coach at Ohio State, and that was the year Ohio State went six and six. So it's a lot harder to do than than I think people realize. And Sharon Moore kept the train on the tracks in the most difficult part of the schedule. And from the start, with Harbaugh suspended by his own school, self uh, suspension, and you look at the other Big Ten suspension and what this team has battled through, and at Penn State and JJ Hurd and. Uh, the amazing atmosphere for beating Ohio State for the third straight time, took care of business against Iowa, and then they knock off Saban. Michigan has the overall number one seed in the college football playoff, and now a win away Monday night from being the college football playoff national champion. Before I let you go, Douglas, a year from now, less than a year from now, uh, Thanksgiving weekend 2024, what will we be saying about Michigan football? Wow. <laughs> so, and we're talking like 11 months from now. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying I'm saying 10, 11 months from now when that season is winding down, what are we saying about Michigan football in that new look Big Ten? Uh, yeah, I suspect we'll be talking about how can they get into the playoffs. I, I don't think next year, it's so hard to predict because we don't know what the roster is going to look like. We don't know who's coming back. We don't know what they're going to get out of the portal. Um, but we're going to be entering an era of college football. I was thinking about this today where each and every week during the regular season probably loses some intensity when you're undefeated because you know you've got a loss or two to play with. Once you lose a game or two, then you really reach that intensity level because you're playing for your playoff lives. So, I mean, I, I would suspect, I, I don't want to you know sell them short of what their offseason might look like. I would suspect there'll be some losses and there'll be um, – uh, you know, a chance to they'll be looking at trying to get into the playoffs um, and with a, a loss or two. Um, but it's like I said, it's impossible to say because we don't know what the roster is going to look like. You just asked a riddle, man. I have no idea. Huge. <laughs> and it, yeah, you don't know now. It, they re-recruit players. Who leaves? Hardball yep. leaves. You don't know. I I will say on paper, you see the schedule. Fresno State is no pushover to open up the season. Remember, college football is bumping up a little bit on days. August 31st to Saturday, Texas uh, at the Big House on September 7th. Arkansas State and Butch Jones, if Butch is still the head coach, and Clune Van Andel's a backup kicker out of Ada Forest Hills Eastern for Arkansas State. Then USC at the Big House. L- look at that in your first four games out, and all at home. You get Texas and USC at home, and then your first road game will be September 28th. At Minnesota, what a September, man! Oh, it's crazy. I mean, but it is. That's what the new Big Ten is going to be like. I am trying to be very open-minded about it. This it's been rapid change, and I'm not saying change is bad. I hope we're headed to a better place. I'll say this: huge college football has done some stuff Sunday through Friday that makes me uncomfortable. But Saturdays come, and it's still great. Amen, and brother. Ratings I'm- for the bowl games. The bowl game ratings reflect it. The Rose Bowl had 29 million people watching it. I mean, it's it's wild how the game is on the field on Saturdays. I don't know if there's anything better. Yeah, look at Michigan at home. Oregon, USC, and Texas at Washington, uh, at Ohio State. They do get the Spartans at home. Man, that is, that is one of the tougher schedules on paper right now because we don't know what it's going to be like eight months from now. So that's kind of crazy. We do know Michigan, Washington, Monday night in Houston. Doug Karsh will be on the call on the Wolverine IMG network with Jansen 
and Jason on the sidelines from Houston and Reliance Stadium, home of the Houston Texans and the Texans and the Wolverines who went away from being national champs. Douglas, I appreciate the time here on the Huge Show across Michigan. It's great as always, Huge. Let me know if you need anything Monday. All right. Yeah, I will, man. Yeah, Doug Carr's just the way he is right there on air is the way he is in person. <laughs> 